The world of ministry to teenagers can offer a full range of emotion, interesting challenges, rewarding victories, and discouraging difficulty. It is important to remember that the work we do with students is vital. It is good to be reminded that what you do matters and is appreciated. We hope that the time you spend here will encourage you and equip you to hit the mark in life and ministry. Welcome to the Scopehost Podcast, impacting youth ministry in Oklahoma and beyond. Hello and welcome to the Scopehost Podcast. This is Todd Sanders from the Oklahoma Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma Youth Ministry staff. And I'm here in studio today with David Sons. David, welcome. Thanks for giving a little bit of your time today to be with us. I know that uh, a week at camp, you're here at Falls Creek with us, um, preaching here on week seven. And I know a week of camp can, can be busy. And so thanks for carving out a little bit of time to sit down and chat with us today. Yeah, thank um, you guys for having me. Yeah, you bet. And um, so, so let's start this way. Many of our listeners may not know you, um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your family, where you serve, how you serve, and then we'll jump into today's topic. Yeah, I serve as the family and discipleship pastor at Lake Murray Baptist Church in Lexington, South Carolina, which is just southwest of the state capital of Columbia. Uh, my wife, Allison, and I have two boys. Uh, Titus is four. Maximus is two. And uh, we've been at Lake Murray for about three years. Uh, I've been in full-time vocational ministry for uh, 10 years now. Started out in student ministry. Um, spent some time with a, a good friend of mine in uh, Charleston in a church plant. Uh, and then in 2015, came to uh, Lake Murray. My, my role there is primarily to oversee all of our discipleship processes. Uh, so I oversee our next generation team, which is our kids, students, and college students, uh, and, and those uh, leadership teams, and then uh, oversee all of our adult discipleship as well. Uh, and so uh, stay, stay pretty busy. Uh, the church has been very gracious to allow me to uh, have the opportunity to do some itinerant ministry uh, kind of on the side. Uh, my primary Gifting, I believe, is preaching and teaching, but I'm not primarily in a preaching and teaching role at the local church where I serve, and so they've been very gracious to allow me to exercise this gift in a lot of different ways. That's great. So, And that's what we're going to talk about today, is teaching, preaching specifically to groups of students. So next generation, emphasis there somewhat. Now, a lot of these principles and things we'll talk about would apply across the board. Sure. Um, Generously, you can apply those. And so we may have uh, youth pastors out there, youth workers, Sunday school teachers, small group leaders, senior pastors might be listening, other staff members. Um, So as we think about um, this idea of communicating with students, how how for you did that develop as far as, you know, obviously you've responded to a call to ministry leadership, vocational ministry in your life. When did you start to see the Lord really uh, building that preaching, teaching gift in you and when it really kind of took a forefront for you uh, in your life? Just kind of share your personal experience there. Yeah, I uh, I was called into the ministry late in life. Um, at least, well, I received the call or accepted the call to ministry a little bit later. Uh, my dad is a, a pastor, so I grew up a, a, a preacher's kid around the church, uh, came to faith at a young age, um, went to school uh, to be a broadcast journalist, wanted to do sports radio, uh, and then pursued a communications degree at North Greenville University uh, and didn't didn't really um, 
feel or accept the call to ministry until uh, the summer before my senior year of college. And so I uh, had worked that summer in uh, student ministry as a student ministry intern and came out of 12 weeks and just felt like this this is what the Lord has, has called me to do. And so I didn't know any, I didn't know what to do, where to go. Uh, there, was a, there was a local church there that very graciously allowed me to come on and serve in their college ministry and uh, their student guys and their college pastor really just spent about a year investing in me and allowing me to ask questions and giving me a great opportunity. And, and so I came right out of that into a full-time student ministry uh, at uh, the First Baptist Church of North Augusta and spent five years there. Uh, and then uh, we moved from there to uh, Charleston. My wife and I uh, moved to Charleston to be a part of a church plant. And one of the things that uh, you know about church planting probably is there's it's not a lot of money in church planting and so a lot of work. And so it was full-time work, part-time pay. And uh, we just really prayed. We just, uh, uh, you know, guys sometimes ask me about how did I kind of get into itinerant ministry. This was not a, this wasn't a uh, well thought out process. Uh, this wasn't something that I ever really intended to do. We just prayed when we got to Charleston uh, that the Lord would give us an opportunity. I, I just prayed the Lord would give me an opportunity to provide for my family. And uh, through that, uh, made some connections with some guys around our state who began to invite me to to do some uh, weekend events and some retreats and some different things. And through that, really over the last uh, six or seven years, it's, it's developed into um, – a relatively full schedule of doing some itinerant in the ministry as well. And so, uh, you know, for me, I think you just said it a minute ago, I think, I think a lot of the preaching and teaching principles uh, apply very broadly. Um, but when we think specifically about students, I think there are some specific things that you want to try to uh, draw students into uh, to make sure that you're communicating the word effectively. Yeah, so let's kind of uh, stop for a moment and, and think about... Um, you know, you, you talk about the task and then the Lord providing opportunities yeah. and to do all that. But as far as the the preparation and the just the the work that God does in you to be passionate sure. about communicating, preaching and teaching the word of God. Uh, we have some leaders out there that are geared that way. Probably a, a lot of our guys and ladies who are in ministry love to communicate, teach, preach the word of God. Um, and uh, we may have some that aren't. You know, they may be mm-hmm. more administrative and so mm-hmm. their strengths may not lie in that area. And that may mean not in their wheelhouse yeah. uh, as much. But for you, what are the what are the personal things that really motivate you in that area of preaching and teaching, oh, or, or push you along in that area? Yeah, I I love I love preaching. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit of a preaching junkie in the sense that I love I love listening to preaching. Um, uh, God has given me I believe God has given me a gift to communicate, a desire to to communicate God's word. Um, now that's not obviously there are other things within the church that God has not gifted me to do. It, uh, you mentioned administration a minute ago. Administration is a it has not been something that has come easily to me. It's something that's been learned along the way. Um, but for me, I, I think it just comes uh, from a natural giftedness, uh, from a desire to communicate. Um, I, I'm uh, relatively relational in the sense that I like to, uh, I, I love conversation. Uh, and so uh, preaching for me has always um, come relatively naturally. Now, it, it, it's been uh, something that we've had, I've had to develop, uh, that it's, it's a gift that was a, I think was just a natural giftedness, but it's a raw talent like anything else that needed to be refined. And, and the best way that it's been refined is just through repetition. Um, I think any skill, uh, I think Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hour rule, right? And so in uh, his book, Outliers, and I think for, for any skill that you have, even just a natural gifting in, uh, it takes time and years of repetition, of uh, refining, of learning how to um, learning how to communicate effectively. And so for me, it really has been, I I don't, I in no way believe that I'm, um, 
as good as I'm going to be or probably as good as I need to be in that area. But uh, 10 years of kind of preaching and teaching in full-time vocational ministry, um, the Lord has allowed me to kind of figure out who I am, um, to figure out, to find my own voice. Um, what's funny is I, I tell people all the time, the first five years of, of my ministry, I was just parroting guys that I respected, you know. Uh, and so uh, for the first five years of my ministry, I think I just, you know, tried to be a, a Matt Chandler or somebody in that in that vein that I really respected. But but kind of through that, even kind of through that process of finding guys that I respected, finding guys that com- were communicating in a way that I found effective, um, and even beginning to try to pattern after what those guys were doing, I, I learned a lot. Um, and then over time and repetition, just finding your own voice yeah. in ministry. And I think that's the important part of preaching is, um, God is not, God has wired us each uniquely. And so for me, it was finding my voice, uh, and finding out who I was going to be and who God had called me to be in that role. And, and, and for preaching is not for everybody. It, it's not, I think, I think specifically within the church. Um, uh, I think, um, preaching and teaching is, is a gift and a calling, um, that, that, uh, not everyone has. Um, now, I think that there are opportunities where we need to be able to be ready to teach the word if given the opportunity. But, um, and, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I think that there are lots of giftedness within the church where folks can say, hey, this, this is the area where God has called me and this is the way that he's wired me and, and I want to run in that and pursue that very that's faithfully. Good. Yeah, I think uh, you're saying some things I think that apply just in a leadership or development principle across the board because I think... Uh, a lot of times we do just parrot, like you were saying, or uh, we're kind of mimeographing a lot of ministry. But I think that there is a point at which, and I think any of us have been in ministry for uh, any significant period of time, I think we have to understand that we can't just continue to do that. We oh, have right to on. be who God created us to be. And so it's good to hear. And, and if you're listening out there, just encourage you, even if you're early in ministry or if you're patterning yourself after things, look for the uh, or, or someone look for the principles that would apply right. across the board and then find your groove within that and, and who God made you to be in leadership and in ministry. I, I think every that. preacher probably would say this. I, I think, I think the only way you learn to preach good sermons is by preaching bad sermons really early on. I think everybody, uh, you know, I look back at some of the things That's that how I, I continue to learn. <laughs> I just continue to preach bad just sermons. Preach bad sermons. <laughs> I look back, I was telling somebody earlier this week, I, I look back at, you know, the first year and, and it's just really by God's grace, you you know, that, that if I look back at it now and go, if anything came out of that, right, it's, it's because of God's grace. And, and again, I think in preaching and teaching specifically, finding a place, finding an environment where you can really begin to refine that gift is so important. Um, and then having guys around you that uh, affirm that you have that giftedness and then are willing to be patient with you. And so uh, if you have a guy, if you're a senior pastor and you have a guy on your staff who has some raw talent, um, just being patient with him really early on as he kind of learns the ropes and learns what it looks like to, to preach and to teach and to find his own voice. Um, but at the same time, I think you're right, of, of challenging and encouraging them to find their own voice, not just try to be like the guys that they listen to on the podcast. Um, I, uh, th- there's value in that. I, I don't think you can replace having an environment where you can just go at it every Sunday and every Wednesday and say, uh, I'm, I'm going to preach this week. Yeah, um, this is like an interesting form of plagiarism. 
Yeah. When you're just plagiarizing someone's style and, and not finding your own. Yeah. Own don't let me. Yeah. It. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> say that I'm saying that. I, I just want to say, uh, you know, there is this kind of copycat. I mean, we, yeah. that's how we learn, right? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I have two, uh, young sons and, and really early on, you know, now we're in that age with my, my two year old where, you have to be careful what you say because they'll just parrot it right back to you because they're learning how to communicate. And I think even in preaching, there is this kind of season really early on where guys are just learning what it looks like to, to preach God's word. And eventually you have to grow out of that, right? You have to grow out of that. If you just, you know, always are just mimicking the guys, there's not going to be any effectiveness because you're not using the gift God's given you. You're trying to pirate someone else's giftedness and somebody else's personality. Um, but I do think there is a season early on where you learn that and then over time develop into who you're going to be. Good deal. Um, so, um, another thing you said in there, I thought was really good because what we want to always do on our podcast is encourage listeners to develop, uh, to grow, to cultivate their own spiritual growth and leadership, and then pass that along, um, empowering the church, empowering students, empowering other leaders, um, making disciples in that sense. And so when I think about, um, the uh, what you said that that someone uh, graciously allowed me to I think this is a phrase you used a while ago, and and aren't we glad that s- someone for all of us graciously allowed oh, yeah. <laughs> us to do when we weren't ready sure. they were willing to give us an opportunity and so I think that's another great uh, lesson even in the act of preaching and teaching as it relates to our topic today but then uh, across the board in a number of different areas I think that someone would give us the opportunity I think is great so. Yeah, freedom to fail. We talk about that a lot. Um, free, freedom to fail. Of you know, there there needs to be a safe space where where we're able to try things within the church that, you know, they they, they might they might fail. Um, but I, I think even again, uh, you know, I think about the what's the old phrase that uh, failure is the mother of innovation or the mother of invention. Right. You know, and that idea of as as guys kind of go out and they find their voice, um, they're they're gonna. Not every sermon is a home run. Uh, not every sermon is um, the best sermon you're ever going to preach. And so giving guys, I think especially young guys, uh, a place, and maybe it's not, you know, um, maybe it's not full congregational Sunday morning, hey, let's let the guy up here to just flounder and, and die on the stage. But but maybe it is a Sunday night worship service. Maybe it's a Wednesday mm-hmm. night Bible study. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a, a, a student small group, something along those lines where you're just giving guys an opportunity to get some of those reps yeah, in, I think yeah. it's valuable. Investing in that way. Awesome. Um, so thanks for sharing from your personal experience. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and uh, really get into maybe some philosophies, just some thought behind preaching and teaching specifically to youth in the role that we play in youth ministry. So um, hang tight. We'll be right back here on the Scopos Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Scopos Podcast. I'm in studio with... David Sons. And this is Todd Sanders with the BGCO. So today we're talking preaching and teaching to students in youth ministry. So um, David, in this time, let's just move into a little bit of uh, philosophy, just thought behind um, as you prepare, as you think, the things that you aim at that drives your preaching and teaching ministry. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think when I think through um, personal philosophy of preaching specifically towards students, I, I think these principles are probably pretty broad, but I want to focus specifically on student ministry. I think there's three primary things that I I want to try to think through as far as preaching philosophy. The first is um, I want to be expositional. Um, I, I, I believe in expositional preaching, and so um, whenever I'm teaching students, I want to do my best, to specific, specifically if it's over a weekend or over a week, like here at Falls Creek, um, where I want to pick a passage and I want to try to stay there. 
Um, so for this week, for example, we're in Luke chapter 7. And in Luke 7, Luke's trying to answer one big question, who is this? And, and all of Luke chapter 7, the, the four events that Luke records in that passage are all trying to answer that one question that comes at the very end. Uh, what Luke is trying to do is by the time you arrive at that question at the end of Luke chapter 7, he wants his reader to already have, a, already have the answer, right? And so for me, uh, preaching that passage all the way through to students um, helps them to connect the dots, right? And so what I want to do is I want to show them um, how all of the pieces of Scripture really fit together. Um, uh, I think about it, um, I have a four-year-old son, and, and he has a puzzle at, at the house. It's maybe a 20, 25-piece puzzle. And when we start putting that puzzle together, um, we start putting it together in sections. You know, it's been really helpful for him to go, okay, let's put together this corner, and then let's move out of this section into another section until eventually the puzzle is put together. And that's the way that I like to think about preaching specifically that we would actually begin to take sections of the Bible and put those things together and show how this text is pointing to the grand narrative of all Scripture. Um, sometimes in, in student ministry and communicating to students at times, I think we can kind of give them very disconnected pieces of the puzzle and then, and then sometimes get frustrated that they can't put all the pieces <laughs> together. And so I think expositional preaching specifically to students helps them yeah. connect all of that. Good word. Yeah. What would be the second thing? Uh, second thing for me, I think, uh, kind of moving out of expositional, I also want to be enthusiastic. Uh, I want to be excited about what I'm communicating. Um, I, I want the, the things that I'm communicating from the pulpit to be things that have sunk down into my own heart and, and that I'm communicating out of an overflow of joy in this truth that God has revealed to us through his word. Um, uh, you know, uh, Psalm, I think about Psalm 119, uh, 25, which says, My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. Right? There's life in God's word. And I think sometimes for students, uh, it's important for us to, to preach like there's life in what we're preaching. Um, now, I've seen this go to the other extreme, right, where guys can, can be overly enthusiastic and it almost becomes a shtick. Uh, and, and so I'm not talking about just kind of a derived enthusiasm to, to bring energy to the room, um, but I'm actually talking about a, uh, um, a soul enthusiasm that has come out of sitting under your own preaching. And so I think the best way that this happens is by uh, reading the text and allowing the text to read us, right, and actually beginning to apply these things to my own life that I'm preaching to these students. Uh, and so as I've seen these things kind of work out in my own life and my own walk, it, it brings about this natural enthusiasm about how God has instructed us from his word that comes out in our preaching. Uh, and so it doesn't become this kind of emotionalism. It doesn't become this drive to create something in students that's not really there, but it just comes out of a very natural enthusiasm from having been, uh, having spent time and been changed by the word mm. of God. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, to, to consider just the, the encouragement throughout scripture that our growth is to be this experiential you know, day in, day out pursuit, yeah. uh, living life with the Lord. And for students to see that, they catch that. And so how often do we, because of the way we present the word, we don't portray that. We don't portray that. And so I think we lose confidence in that. Let me let me kind of tie those two things, enthusiasm and exposition together. Uh, why do you think, um, or, or what do you see the tie is there? How does exposition feed enthusiasm? Um, oh, gosh. Well, I think for me, even in my own heart, it, the best preaching comes out of my own personal time spent in the Word, right? Uh, and so as I'm kind of walking verse by verse through the Word in my own personal time, the Lord is ministering those things to me. 
Uh, and, and those things may never, ever be preached. Those may just be things for me. I, I think about this quote, one of my favorite quotes from Spurgeon is Spurgeon says, the most dangerous thing a minister can do is read the Bible like a minister, right? Where we actually just begin to read the Bible thinking about how does this apply to other people or how can I preach this passage rather than what does this passage demand of me? Uh, and so when, when, I, when I dig in in my own personal time in the Word and begin to think, what does the Word demand of me, and how do I begin to apply these things in my daily life, uh, ultimately the Lord may then use that later on down the line for an opportunity to preach that to students. And so in my own kind of personal verse-by-verse expositional walk through the text in my, in, in my time together, it just creates this kind of joy and enthusiasm in me for the Word. Uh, and, and then that overflows into the preaching environment. Yeah, man, I'm glad you said that because that's what I was going for. I think a lot of times we don't walk in enthusiasm and in confidence in our preaching and teaching because we haven't let the sermon recreate us in that right. sense. Yeah, the and, well's uh, dry. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. it's dry. And so that's where I get back to sometimes it becomes this derived enthusiasm because that's all we have, right? We, we feel like we, we're not excited about this because we haven't spent the time uh, kind of cultivating this personal walk with the Lord. And so, so I, I'm, I've been on stage where it's like, I, this, I'm not enthusiastic about this. I'm not excited about this, but I feel like I should be or need right. to be. And that's a yeah. dangerous place to be uh, when you're preaching. Yeah, yeah. So we have exposition. We have enthusiasm. What's the third? Yeah, the third part is just engaging. Uh, so I'm, I'm a, being a good Baptist here, and I'm alliterating all of my, <laughs> all of my philosophical nice points. Parallel. Thank you. Uh, it's engaging. And, and what I mean by engaging, I, I don't think there's any guy who communicates to students, any, any person out there that communicates to students that doesn't aim to be engaging. Um, but but what, I, what I mean when I say engaging is I want to meet students where they are, and then I want to challenge them through the preaching of the word to take the next step, whatever that may be. If that's a student, obviously, who, who doesn't know the Lord, I, I want to challenge them through the preached word to, to put their faith and trust in Jesus. If, it, if it's a student who does know the Lord but, but has, um, uh, needs to repent of some unconfessed sin or some sin in their life, I want to challenge them through the preached word. To whatever that next step is, I want to try to meet the student where they are in the sermon, but also use that opportunity to kind of push them on to that next space. Um, and so I think one of the things that I've seen specifically uh, in my own experience in, in, in communicating with students, a lot of guys will stop at meet students where they are. Um, they'll, they'll, and, and, and a lot of our sermons will be designed to try and just gain a hearing with students. Uh, and so, so we'll try really hard to gain a hearing with them, to meet them where they are, to show them that we understand their struggle, to show them that we understand these things. And then by the time we've, we've established that connection, we're not actually challenging them to take any next step, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think there are some common misconceptions about communicating to students, um, one of them being that students don't want to sit under substantive teaching, right? That, that they, just, they just want you to be funny. They want you to tell a couple sad stories. They want you to point them to Jesus, and that's that. They, they don't want that expositional preaching to students is, is this, um, uh, you know, is an, is an effort in futility. Uh, I don't, I have, that has not been my experience. Uh, I, I feel like specific, I was talking to someone yesterday, uh, students of our, our generation of students, I feel like, are hungry for the truth from God's Word. Uh, and so as we begin to engage them, we engage them first and foremost on the Word. We engage them in the Word. Um, and then I think the other misconception is that you have to kind of be relevant, you know? You, ha- you have to make a Fortnite reference or you have to do something, you know, to show students that, hey, I, I understand where you are. I'm, I'm relevant to who you are. And um, I, I just think about somebody like... Um, yeah, 
so if you go to Passion, if you go to the Passion Conference, I think about John Piper, and John Piper comes out in front of 70,000 college students, and he's wearing the same blazer he's worn in 1989, and he preaches for 60 minutes, right? And, and they're riveted, right? Now, not everybody's going to be John Piper, right? Not everybody has that, that giftedness. However, I think there is something to be said for, you know, when we engage students, we engage them with the Word of God. That the word of God is what's going to change hearts. That the word of God is what's going to really take that student to the next step. It's it's not my understanding of pop culture, and it's not my ability to just simply meet them where they are, but it's my ability to proclaim the word clearly in a way that meets them where they are and shows them. Um, I think this is uh, something that I picked up from the village church. You know, that God loves you just the way the, that you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay there. And so as we talk about, you know, preaching the word. I want to do those two things. I want to meet students where they are, and then I want to actually kind of push them to that mm-hmm. next place that yeah. God's drawing them That's to. That's good. That's good. So we're going to take a little break here, come back. We'll pick up with some practical things that might help our listeners kind of walk in what we're talking about today in relationship to preaching and teaching. So hang tight. We'll be right back with segment three. Welcome back to the Scopos Podcast, segment three. I'm Todd Sanders, and I'm with David Sons. And we are talking about preaching and teaching to students. David, um, you you gave us some philosophy, some things that uh, kind of drive you and your thought processes related to preaching and teaching with youth. Um, You know, you touched on something earlier, uh, and we we both kind of talked about that there are some listeners, some leaders who might be really strong in preaching and teaching, gifted in that, some that aren't. But yet, if we are in a role where we're leading students more likely than not, more often than not, we are put in a teaching role. So how can we, if we're gifted in teaching, preaching, or maybe we're not as gifted and that's not a strong suit, what are some practical things we can do to help us in this area? Yeah, I think when you're speaking to students specifically, regardless of gifting, I think there's a couple things that you can attempt to do just real practically. The first would be aim to be clear, not clever. Uh, I think a lot of guys, when they speak to students, are kind of, uh, and I'm guilty of this, uh, I think we, we sometimes aim to be clever, uh, and in our aim to be clever, present you know, a, a text in a fresh way, uh, we actually confuse the text, uh, or at worst, maybe teach something that the text doesn't, doesn't say in an effort to try to breathe new life into it. And so one of the things I think that, that we do a, a service, a great service to the students that we're teaching is when we aim to be clear and not clever. My job is to present the word in a way that removes unnecessary obstacles. Um, and so while I think we should try to be creative with our presentations, uh, I want to be careful that my creativity does not overshadow the clarity uh, that God has called us to uh, in proclaiming his word. And so the first thing I would just say, regardless of whether or not you're gifted, if you're just in a spot where you're just having to teach students every week, just aim for clarity. And I think God honors that. Good, good. Well, what would be the second thing? Second thing uh, is, a, is specifically for, for folks that speak to youth. Um, and, and this is something we've probably all sat through and experienced. Um, when we think about illustrations, we think about stories. I think one of the things that connects really well with students is stories, is personal illustrations, is, uh, you know, it's a really good way to get a student to buy some rapport with students. But I always, when I'm preparing sermons, I always want to think to use stories that serve the sermon, not 
preach sermons that serve my stories. Um, And so I think this is important. And this really comes to play in the preparation process, right? So it's important that I have a filter, that I know what is kind of the, the, the central truth of this sermon. What's the point of this text that I'm trying to communicate? And then allowing that to operate as the filter as to whether or not I include the story. So I may have this great story that's going to buy me a lot of rapport with students. However, if it doesn't fit the point of the text, uh, I've got to discard it. And so one of the things that, I, that I've seen, that you've seen, that anybody who's sat, I think, in student ministry, disconnected stories serve the preacher, not the hearer. And, and so I think even as we think through our stories, even as we think through our illustrations, everything that we do, we want to we we use those things as means to serve the purpose of the text, not to serve other purposes. Mm, very good. Very good. Uh, great reminder. And, you know, a challenging thought just because I think a lot of times that's what drives some, you know, something happens to us and, and, and we might think, how can I work this into yeah, the message? And, yeah, sure. And, As a preacher, we're yeah. always looking for illustrations, yeah. right? And yeah. so you think about this thing, this, oh, this really funny thing happened this last week, or I've got this great story, and we just try to wedge it in there. Uh, and in actuality, it, it doesn't fit and it doesn't serve the purpose. And now, I, So I have a notebook, just real practically. I have a notebook uh, that I, I'll write things down in. Right, and so that that story may not serve the the sermon that I'm preaching this week, but but two or three or four yeah. weeks down the line, it right. may, right? And so remembering that for a later mm-hmm. sermon, I think, is important. But yeah, and I think that plays into also if you're a Sunday school teacher, or small group leader, as you prepare to teach on a weekly basis, we can spend a lot of time doing motivation and illustration, like yeah. how do I get them into it, sure. and then what cool thing can I bring to the table to illustrate it when we need to realize that the the bulk of the time needs to be spent on explaining exposition, like yes. I said earlier, and also application, helping them then take that next step. And so, uh, you know, Bible study, and I would say this, I think preaching any, any format teaching without an application step is incomplete. I think oh, absolutely. it's like, we're just saying these things, but we're not teaching people how to walk in obedience. And so I think uh, what you're saying there on illustration rings true on many different levels. So it's yeah, great. I think we're ultimately driving towards yeah. that application yeah. piece, right? Yeah, Exposition. Great. I love the way that you said that. That's yeah. good. So uh, let's look at uh, the third thing. You had three things you were going to mention here, I think, in this segment. So what's the third? Yeah, uh, the third practical? third piece is pretty clear. It's it's let the word do the work. Um, let the word do the work. And ultimately, you know, I think I referred to this back in, in an earlier segment, is is that it's the word of God that does the work of God uh, through the spirit of God. And, and then so as a, as a preacher, I've been called to be faithful to proclaim that word, but ultimately it's that word that does the work. And I don't remember who said this is not original with me, but it's something I write in my notebook really early on. Uh, I write in my notebook is um, when I think about preaching, uh, I wanna, I wanna, you want to prepare yourself, you want to be yourself, and you want to forget yourself. Oh, that's good. Uh, and yeah. so, and those, so those three things, right? So letting the word do the work is not an excuse to not be prepared. Uh, it's not an excuse to kind of stand in the pulpit and say, we'll just kind of see where it goes. The word will do the work. Uh, no, there's a real, um, there's a real deep preparation process that goes into it. And then being yourself and then forgetting yourself, uh, I think is faithful to what, what Paul tells Timothy in second Timothy two to preach the word. And I always think about, you know, uh, Isaiah 55, um, where the Lord said, where, where the Lord tells Isaiah, just as the rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat. So my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send to do it. And uh, I just love that. That's just a good reminder for all of us as, as preachers, as pastors, as communicators, that, that the word of God 
um, will not return empty and it will accomplish the purpose mm. that he's determined for it. Man, what an encouraging time. David, thank you so much uh, for you the time you've given, um, bringing great content to the table. Uh, so appreciated just hearing from you and I know our listeners will benefit. So um, thanks again. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Scopos podcast. Uh, again, this is Todd Sanders with David Sons talking about preaching and teaching with students. We hope that you will um, apply these principles to your weekend, week out interaction with kids in whatever role that you serve in. Um, and uh, we certainly appreciate the time you've spent with us today. So until next time, this is Todd Sanders on the Scopos Podcast, where we help you hit the mark in life and ministry. Next time on Scopos. So the purpose of discipline as a believer is godliness. The reason that we discipline ourselves is to look more like Jesus. So we don't just discipline our finances. Scopos and the Scopos Podcast are ministries of the BGCO and made available through the generous gifts of Oklahoma Baptists to the cooperative program. Find out more about Oklahoma Youth Ministry at scopos.org. Thank you for listening to the Scopos Podcast. The Scopos Podcast is brought to you by the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma, Scopos Youth Ministry Team, Sound Engineering by Glenna Birch, Original Music by J.J. Worthen, and VoiceOver by Kim Harrison.